So the moment we've all been waiting for has finally arrived as we've gone through this season of Advent, and it is Christmas Eve. Well, Christmas Eve day. Still have the evening to come, and then, of course, tomorrow Christmas. The families all over the place are gathered together, celebrate the birth of Jesus. You probably have some gatherings scheduled. Maybe you've already been to some already, but you have some down the line that are being scheduled here, and you gather together. It's during the Christmas season that we identify with centuries of Christ followers who anxiously awaited the advent or the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. Advent, of course, as you might be aware of, is a unique time of year when we have remembered the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that the Christ child brought to all of creation on that first Christmas day. And on that holy night, outside the rural town of Bethlehem, the heavens touched the earth. Angels appeared to lowly shepherds, gave them the good news that the world had been waiting for. They delivered a holy message of the Savior's arrival. The shepherds then went on a holy search to discover all they had been promised. They found the holy child lying in a manger. We're going to talk about all those things here this morning. That night changed the world and nothing would ever be the same. It truly was a holy night. You see, the very first Christmas set in motion something beautiful that continues even to today. Christmas has always been a season where God transforms people's circumstances and redeems what is broken all around them. On Christmas Eve night, 1914, something amazing happened. Something that still has the world scratching its head about. It was at the beginning of World War I and there was a fierce battle going on in Belgium between the French and the English on one side and the Germans on the other. The battle had reached a stalemate, and each side had bunkered down and dug trenches. They were about 60 to 80 yards apart from one another, and the space in between was called no man's land because no one could venture there and survive. It's estimated that over 100,000 troops were involved in this battle, and these trenches went on for miles. The conditions were horrible. Both sides had lost thousands of lives. There were bodies scattered all over no man's land because if someone tried to retrieve them, they would be shot. As Christmas approached, the Germans started decorating some of the trees around their bunkers with candles. On Christmas Eve, both sides were settled down on their respective sides, and some of the British were playing their bagpipes and singing some of their favorite pub songs, which no doubt brought them some sense of comfort being so far away from home and in the middle of war during Christmas Eve. Meanwhile, on the other side, some of the Germans began to sing one of their country's most beloved Christmas carols, Silent Night. And after singing it through several times, something incredible happened. The French and British joined in on the familiar tune. Unbelievably, that night led to a ceasefire that lasted until New Year's Day. On Christmas Day, each side helped the other bury their dead. And over that next week, they celebrated Christmas together. They played soccer together. They gathered around the campfires and told stories and laughed long into the night. It was a holy night. And neither side could have seen a week of peace being born out of the singing of a Christmas carol. Yet that is exactly what happened. A song about the birth of a baby in Bethlehem who would bring peace on earth brought peace to a war-torn battlefield and for a handful of hours turned enemies into friends. 
everyone has their, their favorite Christmas carol. Uh, you, the song that when it's sung kind of warms your heart and livens your soul and says, yes, this is Christmas. This is Christmas now. Anytime that Rod comes in and to the sanctuary, and he hasn't done it quite yet, he's done a little bit with our choir practices, anytime he comes in and he starts singing, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, it's Christmas time. It's, it just, that's Christmas time. For many, though, maybe the song is O Holy Night, as Becky so wonderfully sang. Listen again to the lyrics of, of, this, of this carol. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices. O night divine, the night when Christ was born. Maybe just hearing those familiar lyrics, you can feel the beauty of the moment and the joy we share in remembering the birth of Jesus each and every year. You may not know this, but O Holy Night actually follows the birth narrative of Jesus. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And what I want to do is we're going to look at verses 8 through 14 here first. And instead of reading through it, I've called upon an expert reader that you may recognize. She's a little cute girl at this point. Hi, my name is Brianna. I'm seven years old, and I'm going to say Luke 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Set an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, to whom his favor rests. <laughs> A little cute, puffy cheeks there. Squishy, puffy. Anyway, so in the fields outside of Bethlehem, there were shepherds who were watching over their sheep during the night, they would have been on higher, higher alert to make sure that there were no wild predators who would attack their, their animals in the open grass. But something happened that they never could have predicted. Rather than a lion or a wolf being able to come attack uh, their sheep, there were angelic beings who appeared in the night sky. I don't think they were thinking that was going to happen. But they were shining with the bright light of the divine presence and, and the glory of God. So... Just them appearing was enough to probably put them down on their knees in front of them. The shepherds were terrified. So I'm sure you and I would be too if suddenly that were happening, happening at night. You're, you're in your backyard or, or whatever, and all of a sudden it's, it's all dark, and all of a sudden, poof, and here comes all these beans hanging around you. What is going on? I'm under attack. And I'm sure they would have been wondering if these mysterious beings were there to harm them, but rather than bringing them harm, they brought joy, which brings this then the first point, a holy message is what they brought. The first words they speak to the fearful shepherds are, do not be afraid. 
that had to be a message probably a lot of times when angels appeared to people and they had to say, hold on, don't freak out, don't freak out. I'm here to tell you something. <laughs> so I'm, it, that had to be their first words coming out of their mouth. And the angels didn't come with bad news. They brought good news that the world had been waiting on for so long. It was a birth announcement that brought new hope. Becky and I have delivered birth announcements from our family five times. <laughs> the first time is very interesting. Well, actually, let me back up. In August of 1990, we got married, and so family celebrated. In August of 1991, we had Anthony, and we, we celebrated with Becky's family, and her mom was happy, and my mom was going, I'm too, I'm too young to be a grandma. No, no. <laughs> And I look back on that, I think she was 45 at the time. I'm thinking, hmm, well. But anyway, they're like, okay, well, good. And then August 1992, Jameson's arriving. And we say, here he is. And uh, Becky's mom's like, oh, goody. <laughs> All right. And then we've heard other messages too, like uh, the question of, do you know what causes this? Uh, uh, anyway, so they're okay. This is great. You know, at this rate, you're going to be needing a bigger house. So anyway, so giving giving them a birth announcement. Then, then August 1993 rang, came around, and we gathered with Becky's family, and we announced to them that we have a watch for Becky's mom, <laughs> and we didn't have a baby at that time. So we're like happy um, happiness. <laughs> you don't have to worry about being a grandma again. Anyway. So, but those birth announcements that we gave out, they were exciting to announce, letting people know we've got a baby boy, we've got a baby girl, and being able to let people know about that. And the excitement continues on in our family when we hear announcements of grandchildren being uh, born and announcing of their birth to come, and it's great, it's exciting. Now, the angels told the shepherds that in the city of David, a Savior had been born, you see, the Israelite people had been waiting for this moment for as long as any of them could remember. The arrival of the Messiah meant that they would be rescued. No longer would they have to live in bondage to sin. They would now experience peace, even in the midst of oppression and struggle. They would experience joy, true joy, as the brokenness of their lives would be redeemed. This, this newborn baby who they would find wrapped in swaddling cloth was the hope they had all been waiting for. The message that he had finally arrived was holy and, and set apart and sacred. This holy message was special for many reasons. First, it was holy because of who was receiving it. Of all the people who would have been in line to receive news of the birth of God's Son, the shepherds would have certainly been last in line. The fact that the angels came to them first seems to suggest that this good news is truly, as is said in verse 10, for all people. From the least to the greatest, from the poor to the rich, from the nobodies to the somebodies, Jesus was born and is Savior to all. Think of someone right now in your mind that would be least likely to receive Jesus as their Savior. Now, it might not be someone you've shaken hands with, but you know of, maybe a political person, maybe someone in your neighborhood, and you're thinking, there's no way. Jesus has been born to them, a Savior to all, everyone. No one's excluded. 
Second, it was a holy message because of who was giving it. Who was giving it? These divine messengers had arrived on behalf of God himself. The good news is that God was not somewhere far off and distant. He had now come close in the form of a human to save the world. The angels had given an indication as to where the baby would be. In the city of David, there would be a child wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. God had come to earth and was bringing hope, peace, joy, and love. Then the shepherds knew they had to find him. Who is this? Where is this baby born to us? So the holy search began, which brings us to the second point. It seems that every single person is searching for something in life. I mean, right now, just think about, take inventory in the last month. <laughs> Maybe you've been searching for that perfect gift. <laughs> but you've been searching for something in life. Some are searching for meaning and significance. Some are searching for happiness and fulfillment. The problem is that many of us are searching for these things in all the wrong places. In many ways, it is a hopeless search. I know. Back when I was in high school, junior high and high school, uh, same thing. I was on the search for fulfillment and happiness and thinking that sports was going to fill that. Well, in the, in, in, in the short term, sure, it was, it was happiness. I was able to play sports. I was able to do quite well with sports. I loved to be able to watch it, play it. Um, all these things collected sports cards as well. Everything, sports, and I just loved it, enjoyed it. But in the long term, it just didn't, it didn't, didn't itch that spot. It didn't fulfill totally. In playing sports as well, too, academics, same thing. Wanted to get that A all the time. Wanted to try to get good grades. Wanted to try to do well. Um, did well in math because I liked math. And, and so when I did well in math, it helped me like it more. And then it just kind of circled around. And we had a cycle of going, yeah, I like math. And this is great. I want to continue doing this. And then I enjoyed it but it didn't bring fulfillment. Here we read about a search that is different. It is, it is a holy search for the arrival of Jesus, and in Him is found all of our meaning, all of our significance, and all our happiness and fulfillment, and, and so much more. In Jesus, those things are found. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15, Continuing in the nativity narrative there, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So the shepherds wasted no time in going on the search to find Jesus. As soon as those angels disappeared, I'm sure they had to kind of rub their eyes and, okay, what just happened? What did we just hear? Let's go. And they didn't waste any time. They moved on their way. The Lord had revealed to them that the child born would change the entire world. This was the kind of news that they had to discover for themselves. You see, when we value something, we are willing to do whatever it takes to find it. I'm sure they did whatever it took to find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. They searched all over for this. And if I were to tell you, that I hid a few simple treats and gifts under some of these pews here, taped them up underneath there, um, I believe your willingness to search would depend upon the value you place upon them. 
So some of you are sitting there going, well, if there's something underneath my pew, I'm not going to search unless, unless. Like for some of you, maybe um, some fruit or, or strawberries and cream, Dr. Pepper. Becky would be underneath the pew right now looking for that. <laughs> Where's that? Where's that? Maybe for some of you, maybe L.A. Dodgers season tickets. Yeah, Moses and Mike are going, mm, what's under here? <laughs> Especially with the players you guys got now. <laughs> my goodness. And, oh, maybe dark chocolate. Lori would be under the pew with you as well, too. Go searching for that. It, it depends on the value you place on that item. If you think it's, it's, it's incredible or not. <laughs> Briar's chocolate chip mint ice cream. Mm. <laughs> I might be under there with you. <laughs> it might be a mess. <laughs> it might be melted. And so your quick response to search for the items would prove my point. You would, you, if there were those things that you value, you'd be looking for it. And when we, we really think something is important or valuable or prized, we are quick to go on the search. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 15, where it talks about the different lost things there. And Jesus is speaking about that as far as the kingdom of God. And when someone comes to the Lord, the lost sheep... And shepherd's motivation to, to leave the 99 to find the one. You have the lost coin where the woman's desire to light the lamp, sweep the house to find that one silver coin. The lost son, of course, the prodigal son. The father compelled by the love for his lost son to wait and search that horizon for his return, waiting for him, anticipating his return. When you value something, you search for it. You look for it intensely. During this time of year, we are reminded that there is nothing more valuable than the birth of Jesus Christ. His birth into the world, His birth gives us hope that our lives can change. His birth gives us joy because He offers us salvation. His birth gives us peace by making us right with God. And His birth offers us love through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. The birth of Jesus changed everything, and it has the power to change everything for all of us today. Christmas is an invitation to each and every one of us to value Jesus Christ more than the gifts under the tree, more than our, our own ambitions, more than our bank accounts, more than our selfish desires, more than Briar's chocolate chip mint ice cream, more than any other thing we could, we could search for. We search for Jesus by opening our lives for Him to take up residence. Let Him come in. Jesus isn't hard to find. <laughs> he came to us that first Christmas morning, and He is still right here with us today. The difficulty we often struggle with is allowing Jesus to truly lead our lives, to turn ourselves over to Him completely. That's probably the tough part. But this year, may we join the shepherds in their holy search to see what this holy message was all about. And the Bible makes a, a promise to us that when we truly search for Jesus, we will find Him. Jeremiah 29, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. I can, just a couple weeks ago, we were over at the, uh, at the, um, Zachary and Amanda's house and playing with the grandkids there. Ransom and, and Reagan wanted to play hide-and-seek. Okay, great. And so I went down the hallway, and they went hiding in the living room somewhere. 
And I come stomping out and making noise. And, and as I'm doing this, I'm hearing giggling going on. <laughs> okay. And I look over on the couch, and there's this blanket moving around all over the place. Well, you guys aren't very good at this, are you? <laughs> but, but they're hiding, and I go, oh, and they screamed and all that. A lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, they, they just didn't quite grasp the concept very well. They enjoyed that immensely. But God is not playing hide-and-seek with us. In fact, through Jesus, God came to us. He longs to be with us and to guide and direct us by His Holy Spirit. God came to heal the brokenness in our lives, to give us purpose, to transform us and give us hope. Who needs hope these days? (laughs) A lot of us do. The shepherd's search ended in a dirty stable with a young couple and a newborn baby. The God of the universe humbly came to a world that was in need. Back to Luke chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. It says, So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the shepherds confirmed all that had been told to them by the angels in the most unexpected of places. You wouldn't expect the divine to come to earth in this way. If God was to come to the world He created, you would think He would come in in great fanfare, maybe as a powerful leader calling on the wealthy, calling on the famous and, and kings and leaders. But heaven touched earth in humility, in obscurity. And in the middle of the mundane was something holy. Which brings us to the final point, the holy child. Now, the word holy means sacred and set apart. Jesus was not some ordinary child. He was sent to earth with a divine mission. Though that mission began in the the cradle, it would culminate at a cross. And Jesus' sacred assignment was to come and live a perfect life, pointing people to His Father, ultimately being executed in horrific fashion by crucifixion as a pure sacrifice for the sins of the world. Our forgiveness, our redemption, and our new life are all made possible by this holy child. Shepherds couldn't help but tell everyone they, they came in contact with that they had met the Messiah. They went on their way. They let others know what they had found, who they found. They spread the word that God had come and made His dwelling among His people to rescue them from their sins. That is good news. (laughs) Good news. And everyone was amazed. This Christmas, will you share more than just gifts and presents? Maybe also more than just a meal with the family? As you receive the good news of Jesus, will you share this good news? Will you let others know about this? Will you share the power of God's arrival among us? Will you share the joy you have in Him? (laughs) Will you be one of the shepherds going out, 
no matter what you look like, smell like, uh, and act like, you are God's messengers giving the good news to those around you. Are you willing and ready? The 16th century theologian Martin Luther once wrote this poem about Jesus' birth and captured that holy night in Bethlehem. He writes, Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, make thee a bed soft undefiled within my heart that it may be a quiet chamber kept for thee. My heart for, for very joy doth leap. My lips no more can silence keep. I too must sing with joyful tongue that sweetest ancient cradle song. Glory to God in highest heaven, who unto man his Son hath given, while angels sing with pious mirth, a glad new year to all the earth. So all eyes are on Jesus today. He is the reason we celebrate. He is the reason we have gathered here today. He is the true meaning of Christmas. He is our hope of a new life. Will you, like those on that very first Christmas, open your hearts to the beauty and power of Jesus? Allowing Him to heal your hurts? Allowing Him to transform you? Allowing Him to lead you into new life? It's your choice. But Jesus is here waiting for you with open arms. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence here with us. And I pray, Lord, that as we are here together praying, I ask, Lord, that you would touch our hearts in such a way that would help us see our need for you. Maybe, Lord, it's, it's the hurts that we've experienced in our life. Whatever those things have happened in our lives, we just walk around with the pain, and we can't find a remedy. It's emotional pain, it's, it's stress, it's anxiety, it's grief. Whatever it might be, Lord, I pray that we would realize that we can bring that to you. And you can bring healing to our lives, specifically in that area. Lord, I also pray that you would help us realize that you come to transform our lives. <laughs> you save us, the salvation, you, you open the door to heaven for us, and one day we'll be there with you and face-to-face with others who have gone on before us. But Lord, you, you offer that salvation to us to transform our lives right here, right now, so that others can see what is going on and see that they also, too, can have a Savior in their lives that will bring them a new life, lead them into new life. And Lord, I pray that you'd use each and every person here today for your glory this week, especially, Lord, tomorrow as Christmas comes. And I pray, Jesus, that we would live that message before everyone else of how you have changed our life. I I pray, Lord, that uh, right now, that if we need to come to you in that way, if we need to come to you in the way of saying, Lord, just renew my life, Lord. Just just, uh, clean it up. Help me to follow you closely. Lord, I pray that you would answer that prayer, meet that need, and provide affirmation as well, too, 
that you have done this work in our lives and you're going to lead us every step of the way. Lord, I pray that you would meet the needs that are represented here today. And as we are praying again, Lord, that you would bring assurance to us that you have met that need and you're going to meet that need. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for who you are. Savior born to us, God with us, Emmanuel. <laughs> and we are never alone. So, Lord, I pray that as we continue on with this time together and singing these songs, that you just continue to minister to our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us a fresh encouragement from, from this, this timeless story of the nativity found in Luke. And I pray, Lord, that you'd bring us into this new year with, with hope and anticipation of all you have for us. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this time together. In your name we pray. Amen.